Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And a swing and a fly ball deep to center. Talkman warning track. Feeling for the Ivy. It's gone! A home run! In his hometown, Jack Sawinski homers to center to give the Pirates a 1-0 lead in the first. Swinging a ball belted deep down the right field line. This ball is gone. Home run. Sawinski is homered again. He's tied the game with a home run right down the right field line. The Chicago kid with two home runs at Wrigley. Yeah, it's 3-3, right? We're tied. Pirates have a chance in this game. Right? Right? Swing and a little pop towards second. Caught. Cubs take game one, 11-3. 11-3. Final score. Cubs win game one. So if you're just waking up this morning, let's say you couldn't stay up for the Pirate game and you have an early shift like I do, maybe you're shocked. Maybe you woke up this morning, saw the notification on your phone. Maybe I'm the first one to tell you the Pirates lost to the Cubs 11-3. There was an hour rain delay yesterday. The game started around 9 o'clock after it had an 8 o'clock scheduled start. And the Pirates lost 11-3. The game was tied in the sixth inning. Jack Sawinski had two home runs in the game, which was the highlight. Luis Ortiz, I think, had a better start than many want to give him credit for because he did give up four earned runs in the game. But I'll explain a little more about him later. But yeah, the, the Pirates had a chance, and then Ortiz started to falter. Moreta bailed the team out there. In the in the sixth inning, and then the bullpen just gave it away. Eleven to three, Pirates lose game one. So yeah, I, I needed some sleep yesterday, so I think I I watched the game through the sixth inning. Uh, maybe even a little bit before that, but I fell asleep. I think it was three to two by the time I fell asleep. So I didn't see Sawinski's second home run, but I saw his first. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, I went to bed with hope. I went to bed with some faith in the Pirates that, okay, this game's winnable. It's, you know, it's getting into the fourth inning. It's getting into the fifth inning, and the Pirates, they trailed by a run. So I'm like, yeah, this is a winnable game. I'm sure many of you out there can relate, when, especially when there's an hour rain delay. Sometimes you can't afford to stay up, right? You got to work. You got priorities in life. 
Sometimes you can't watch the ball game all the way through late into the night. That's fine. And I'm with you there. But then I woke up, and that was the first thing I saw. MLB.com sent me a notification. <laughs> the, the, the Cubs beat the Pirates 11-3. to And to add insult to injury, I woke up this morning, and the game was in its replay on television. That's how late it ended, too, because of that rain delay. But, yeah, they, I got to watch... I got to watch the Cubs. Uh, that guy hit the three-run home run. I can't even remember his name. But the Cubs were so deep into the into winning that game, eleven to three. Final score. Now it's gonna bother me. I gotta find that guy's name. But yeah, eleven to three. The final score. Pirates lose. If you want to call in and react, you're welcome to four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. You can also you can also tweet at me at Callus underscore three three. That's C A L L A S underscore three three. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't have emphasized yesterday more how important this series is for the Pirates to win. And now they've lost game one, so not not a great start. But keeping the Brewers away is important, and burying the Cubs is important. They're six and a half games back. But like I mentioned yesterday, a series sweep is detrimental because then the Cubs are three and a half back of the Pirates, and that's not even considering what the Brewers might do in the meantime. we got a caller at 412-928-9370. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Yes, this is Earl from Cannonsburg. Hi there. What do you want to talk about? Well, Nick, I'm going to say that uh, this division we're in is nothing to get too excited about. It's the hot potato league. <laughs> you want it. I don't want it. You want it. You take it. And that's the way it's going to be. Uh, there's a, They're fighting for the bottom. Right now, the bottom's sealed up, and uh, it's going to be tight the rest of the season, I believe. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I think it will be, for sure. By the way, Christopher Morrell is the one that hit the home run in the eighth inning that slipped my mind. And he was right to slip my mind. He pinch hit. I mean, the, the, the Cubs were up by so much at one point in that game. They are up 8-3. to three. Ian Happ, the player that hit the three-run home run in the first inning, got taken out, and Morrell got to pinch hit, and Morrell hit a home run. And if the game weren't sealed already at that point, well, it certainly was after Morrell hit that home run. Yeah, it's a rough division, though. Nobody seems to want to win it. So I hear I hear what that last caller's saying. And, I mean, it's rough to think that, too, because the Pirates were so close to winning the division, like the year where it was, like, good. You know what I mean? And that's it's kind of rough. Like, the Pirates were historically good, like 98 win good. But the Cardinals just had to go and win 101. And then the Cubs the following year won 103. Pirates didn't make the playoffs that year. So it's kind of rough. And now it seems like the NL Central is undesirable because it doesn't seem like many want to win or they're just not good enough to compete and win. So I kind of get where that sentiment's coming from. 
I will say, though, that if they come through, I mean, a division win's a division win. So I still want the Pirates to win the division. I still think it's possible, and apparently it is possible because, as our last caller said, and as I'm sure many of you think, no, nobody, I don't think there's too many people anymore that are taking this division seriously. And more par for the course this season, the Brewers lost to the Twins yesterday, 7-5. to Which means the Pirates are still in first place. But it doesn't feel great. Especially after a loss when we keep going and, and the Pirates are losing. It doesn't feel good to say, oh yeah, they're still leading the division. Well, the Brewers are just giving it away too. The Brewers have now lost five straight. Pirates aren't on a losing streak yet. I mean, we're in the middle of June, and they still have a respectable monthly record. They're doing better than they did in May so far in this month of June, so I'll give them that. That's okay. And there's still something to behold. They are still leading the division. So there's that. But the cause for concern here, too, is that the Cubs, playing the Cubs in this series is dangerous because if you get swept, the Cubs, again, right back in the division. They started this series at six and a half back. They're five and a half back now. And with a sweep, they could be three and a half back. I really don't think the Pirates are going to get swept, but how many times have we said that and then uh, something went wrong? Like the series against the A's, for example. They still took six of nine in the homestand. That's fine. But also, it makes you feel a little uneasy like ah, they really should have won more against the A's and this series against the Cubs seems winnable but ah they lost the first game after being close through six innings it's it's tough but again the series against the A's was not as important because the series against the A's did not have a direct divisional impact on the Pirates So that one's excusable. Then they took two of three from the Mets. And after a day off, they go to Chicago. And after an hour rain delay, they drop the ball in the the later third of the game. They lose by eight runs in total. So I'm just saying, now the Brewers lost yesterday, so the Pirates still in first. uh, The Brewers are a game back of the Pirates. The Brewers have a 34 and 33 record. The Pirates are 34 and 31 right now. The Cubs, though, the Reds are sneaking up. They're 33 and 35. They're two and a half back. And the Cubs, again, five and a half back. Cardinals still down there at eight and a half back in last place. But again, this series is is too important to to not win. Especially, now this is extra, like, uh, to topple even more on how important this series is. The Pirates go to Milwaukee after the Chicago series and play the Brewers in a three-game weekend series. And I don't think I have to tell you how important that series is, which makes this series against the Cubs so important. Because, I mean, if the Pirates can maintain a first-place pace and the Twins can win the series against the Brewers, and the Pirates have some cushion going into that series, and the Pirates in recent years have not had much success playing in Milwaukee. But it seems like the Pirates are doing that thing this year where the the odds 
are reversed. Like, you'd expect them to do something, and then they do the opposite. You'd expect them to sweep the A's while they lose two of three. You'd expect the Mets, who spent 290 to $300 million in payroll, to, to beat them in a series. No, the Pirates take two of three. The Pirates sweep the Cardinals. Now, a couple weeks ago, in that weekend series, didn't expect that, but then now, you know, again, they lose the series to the A's. Now they're playing the Cubs that have struggled this year, and the Cubs have now won the first game. So that's just my point is here, like, they've got to they've got to buckle down tonight because if they lose this series against the Cubs, they're allowing the Brewers to have an edge when they go head to head. But then again, if we're talking about opposites, perhaps the, the Pirates could do something like sweep the Brewers as well, do something unprecedented. You know, lose to the weaker Cubs team, but then sweep the Brewers. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't put it past them considering how they've done this year. But it's just, it's just, a, that was a frustrating loss. I mean, Jack Sawinski, we're all talking about, ah, you know, he's struggling with power. Is he legit? Is he the real deal? And then he goes and it's two home runs. Contributed to two-thirds of the Pirates' run total in that game. But then the bullpen couldn't lock it down. When we come back, I'm going to take a break here in a, in, a, in a minute or two. And when we come back, I'm going to talk more about uh, what the pitching did in this game. But uh, for now, I mean, I'm just focused on the, the whole team. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that Jack Swinski is hitting home runs, too. Like, the offense seems to be picking it up a little bit more and getting into a rhythm. And then the bullpen, struggling, makes that game non-competitive after the sixth inning. So I'm happy that the offense is starting to get it together. Three runs should be enough. To win most baseball games. Not everyone. I get that. But that was just a game where they could have kept it closer. And again, I went to bed with optimism. I had to go to bed early because we wake up for this show. This is my job. So I got to get to bed early so I can be here by 4 a.m. So I didn't get to watch the entire game. I went to bed when it was 3-2 to two in hopes that, you know, with optimism. The hope's like, yeah, they can win this game. This game's attainable. And then I wake up, check uh, my MLB.com notifications, and 11-3 to final. The Pirates, the Cubs beat the Pirates 11-3 to was were the first words I read waking up this morning, searching through my notifications to see the result. Like, it's just not the fact that they were there and they could have snatched it and they lost by eight. Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you more why. I mean, I can't, I can't blame the offense. Three runs should be enough to win more baseball games than not. Um, and there's a problem within the Pirates pitching staff. I'm going to address that when we come back. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show, the Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. More discussion about the Pirates. Coming up next, if you want to call, you want to talk to me, 412-928-9370 is the phone number. You can also follow me on Twitter at Callus underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. If you have questions, if you have comments, 
Uh, you can just tag me in a tweet, and I'll uh, I'll go ahead and read them. That's coming up next. This is the Fan Early Morning Show here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Nicholas Harry Callis. Getting you started bright and early in the morning. Give you fan weather in just a moment. But right now we got Ted from Mount Washington who wants to make some comments. Go ahead, Ted. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm a little bit curious. Um, who are the... Howard's top pitching prospects. And also, do you think they'll draft a pitcher in the first round? All right. Thanks for the call, Ted. Uh, top pitching prospects. Another one right now that everyone is talking about is Quinn Priester. Um, I said yesterday I don't think Quinn Priester should get caught up just yet, although Crowley disagreed with that later on in the morning show. Um, <clears throat> I only know of Quinn Priester right now as a top pitching prospect for the Pirates, and he would be the one that I think would get caught up first. Do I think the Pirates will draft a pitcher? Uh, maybe. Dylan Cruz is also not a pitcher, and he is somebody that has been rumored to be on the Pirates' radar, uh, one of the top-looking prospects coming into the draft. I honestly don't think that it matters exactly who they draft. When you have the number one overall pick, you re- you, you don't really miss, I would say. Although, I will say this, too, that the Pirates drafted uh, Jamison Ty on second overall. I think I mentioned that yesterday, too. They drafted him second overall in 2010 between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and that, um, that didn't seem to work out for the Pirates as well as it did for the Orioles and the Nationals in, uh, in those respective times. So, I don't know exactly who they're going to draft. I don't really have a good read on it. Um, just from what I've experienced, I think that uh, I, I don't think that they can miss, though, uh, if they draft a pitcher versus a position player. And I know Dylan Cruz is getting all of this hype, and, you know, that's fine and all. But uh, I wouldn't put it past them to draft a pitcher. I think it would benefit the team to draft a pitcher. But I also think that any position on the Pirates right now um, would be important to fill. Maybe not so much middle infield. They do have a lot of middle infield uh, players right now that are coming up, a lot of prospects they have that are around the middle infield. They also have catcher solidified, it seems, for the moment. They've got options at Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. So other than the middle infield and catcher, I think that whoever they draft is going to is gonna be able to help the team in uh, in due time. So I uh, thank you for the call, Ted. Let me give you fan weather real quick. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer, Equinox, and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks and you can check them out online at sunchevy.com. Right now, uh, it's raining, and it's expected to rain up until about uh, 9, 10 o'clock. Uh, and then the sun should peak out later in the afternoon. Then tomorrow, it's going to be partly cloudy with a high of 71. It's fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. couple news items not related to Pittsburgh sports before I get back into the Pirates for the last five or so minutes of this show. Um, how about the Oakland A's? How about this, the fan? Uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, but over in Oakland, there's a reverse boycott going on where uh, Oakland fans decided to band together and they all showed up 
for the game yesterday, and they had uh, record attendance numbers. They went from the thousands to the tens to twenty thousands, twenty thousands uh, at the game yesterday. And the A's responded to the reverse boycott by apparently there's a report that says that the A's donated a good chunk of that to charity and to charitable organizations. So I didn't think that there was a way that you could thwart a reverse boycott like that, but the A's found a way to do it. The Oakland A's found a way to do it. They're really hell-bent on going to Las Vegas, which also I I don't know if you heard those reports either, but uh, Las Vegas, uh, some counselor government decided that they they weren't paying for the stadium. So now the A's franchise is looking to have a privately invested stadium which is just crazy to me that you would go this far, go this many lengths, right? The government says, no, we're not going to fund your stadium. So now, okay, we're going to find private investors. And um, most of the revenue that we got from this reverse boycott is now going to, we're going to, we're going to donate it to charitable organizations. We don't need Oakland fans. Money is uh, seems to be what they're saying to me. Also, the Stanley Cup Finals ended yesterday, so two major championships ended in consecutive days. The Denver Nuggets beat the Miami Heat on Monday, and then last night, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Florida Panthers, the great Florida Panthers story. Am I that upset? No, I didn't want the Panthers to win, but uh, I could also be happy for the Vegas Golden Knights. Five years after they expanded, they won a championship. They joined the NHL in 2018. They're one of the fastest expansion teams to win a championship. I know it took the Arizona Diamondbacks three years to win a championship, and I still believe they're the fastest expansion team to get to a championship. But uh, good on the Vegas Golden Knights. That's also a good story. They joined the NHL in 2018, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year as an NHL team, and then uh, just five years later, they go on to win a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, uh, that's I'm all right with that. But, uh, yeah, that happened. Um, good on the Florida Panthers, though, for beating the Boston Bruins and just uh, ripping through the playoffs to you know at least contend for the Stanley Cup. So it was an interesting Stanley Cup Finals this year. I'll say that. Um, well, actually, too, that's a that's an interesting uh, storyline story point. Uh, both NBA and NHL championships this year featured teams that had not won their respective championships in uh, franchise history. So that's pretty cool as well. The Nuggets have waited a bit longer than the. Uh, than the Vegas Golden Knights did, but uh, still good storylines all the way around. All right, I promised you some pitching analysis, so uh, let me get you that real quick because I saw the box score for this game yesterday between the Cubs and the Pirates. So, yeah, I didn't watch the whole game. I had to go to sleep. I had to wake up to present you this show this morning, and I will do that in uh, as I am. But I went to bed when the game was 3-2, uh, to two, and I had hope that you know they could come back this was a winnable game. I later found out that Jack Sawinski hit a home run to tie the game in the sixth inning, but then uh, something happened. There was a collapse, and they lost 11-3, to to my surprise. So I don't blame Luis Ortiz so much. I mean, I see a couple people on Twitter kind of calling for his head because he hasn't done great. I will say this. I don't expect a pitcher, especially a starting pitcher, like early in the game to come through so much in the clutch because their job is to – is to eat up innings. And I think that Luis Ortiz, he threw 20-some pitches, like 25, 28, in the first inning, which isn't a, a, 
a very economical amount. And, I mean, aside from the three-run home run to Ian Happ that got the Cubs ahead early in that first inning, I mean, how bad did he do? He gave up one more run later in the game, and it had to have been after I fell asleep, like in that fifth inning, fifth or sixth inning, because, you know, he it was he only gave up three runs while I was still watching the game right before I went to bed. So, I think he's fine. You give up, you give up a home run with with runners on base in the first inning. I'm not going to hold him too accountable to that. And giving up one more run later in the game, like the Pirates still couldn't have an opportunity to win down fourth, four two or four three, what it was. So Luis Ortiz, not the problem here. He gave, he gave five and a third innings. He gave up four on runs in a game where the Pirates scored three. That's fine. Dowry Moretta came in in the sixth inning. Pitched two-thirds of an inning. Gave up two hits, but didn't give up a run. Good job on Moretta. He's still doing well. Yeah, uh, Kevin Newman was giving up for uh, for Dowry Moretta. So that trade's still looking great. The problem is, is that when the seventh inning comes around, you send out Johan Ramirez, and he gives up four earned runs. I don't even blame Rob Zestrizny for giving up the three that he did in the later half of the game. He's just got to eat innings at that point. Johan Ramirez, though, cannot give up four earned runs for every out. And he only got one out in the seventh inning. So, bullpen right now. Can't rely on David Bednar and Colin Holderman too much. There's got to be more. There's got to be more arms in the bullpen. I'll say that. I'm not going to say that the starting pitching is bad. I'm not going to say that Luis Ortiz had a bad outing. It wasn't the best outing, but when Luis Ortiz was in the game, he gave the Pirates a chance to win. So don't blame too much. Uh, don't give too much of the blame to Luis, uh, Luis Ortiz in this situation. I'm more concerned about Johan Ramirez coming out of the bullpen, pitching the seventh inning in a one-run game and giving up four runs. I take big issue with that. So if you want my analysis on the on the problem with the Pirates, right now it's the bullpen. Bullpen's got to get strengthened and got to get strengthened soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.